use. There seemed to be nothing else of interest, but he studied this particular view intently. The late afternoon sunlight was confusing to his eyes. Without moving from the window, he stretched out an arm and opened the top drawer in his chest of drawers and took out his binoculars. He had bought these when he first moved into the cottage to watch the life on the river, moorhen and heron, and, if he were ever very lucky, kingfisher. Now he studied the river bank around the log for something more, well, out of the ordinary. No, nothing. Unless there seemed to be something like a small stump, probably only a few inches high, just to one side of the log. He had not noticed it before. He stared at the stump, willing it to be something more than just a stump, imagining from moment to moment that it very slightly moved. Then, suddenly and unmistakably, it moved. It had turned slightly. Was it away from the cottage or toward it? Surely toward it. Come on, muttered Mr. Franklin. Come on, what are you waiting for? He was so agitated that his trembling fingers missed their hold on the binoculars and they fell. By the time that he managed his crutches and his plastered leg so that he could scrabble on the floor and get the binoculars to his eyes again, there was no trace of a stump to be seen near the log. Mr. Franklin stared and stared, although the uselessness of that was plain to him. At last he twisted himself back from the window into the bedroom, and then hopped back to sit on the side of the bed, exhausted. "'I shall need help,' he said aloud. He was not thinking of the extra cleaning and cooking and washing and washing up that Mrs. Allen was already doing for him in his semi-invalid state. He needed other help, of a particular kind. Chapter 2 Bet Mrs. Allen had had a good many children and by now several grandchildren. Elizabeth, or Bet, was one. She was the unluckiest, for her mother had been very young at her birth, and her mother and father had split up soon afterward. She had been handed over to her grandparents to bring up. She lived alone with them. Her mother had gone. This family history was unknown to Mr. Franklin, and anyway, he had felt no interest at all in Bet until now. But here and now he needed someone of her age to help him. She seemed a child surely old enough to be reliable when necessary, yet young enough, this was essential, to have a truly open mind. Another grown man or woman would be of no use to him. He or she would only laugh at his story, think him simply cracked in the head. He needed the help of someone young enough to credit the possibility of the apparently impossible. It was some time before the idea of Mrs. Allen's granddaughter floated into Mr. Franklin's mind. He had barely noticed the child before. He did not know her name. 
She came with her grandmother only after school, at weekends, and during the school holidays. He had seen her helping her grandmother about the cottage, particularly by reaching to high shelves or squeezing into narrow corners. Mrs. Allen was short and stout. He had also sometimes seen the girl dusting his aunt's books, and once or twice had caught her peering into them. He had not minded that, as Mrs. Allen had assured him that she was careful. But did she actually read anything in the books? Or did she open them only from the idlest curiosity, perhaps in the hope of pictures inside? He set himself to find out this girl's suitability for what needed to be done. With his plastered leg up on a chair, Mr. Franklin faced the child, who stood beside her grandmother. Mrs. Allen sat. He came to the point at once. Can you read? The girl was startled, and, as was her habit, left a silence before her reply. Into this silence Mrs. Allen popped her own answer. She can. Of course she can. So can I, too, even if I'd rather not. Read aloud? asked Mr. Franklin of the child. That's easier than reading inside your head, said Mrs. Allen scornfully. I wonder if your granddaughter... Bet, said Mrs. Allen. Bet, short for Elizabeth. I wonder if Bet would mind showing me how well she reads aloud. I need someone to do that for me. He added, Perhaps we could agree on some payment? Mrs. Allen waved this aside almost angrily, and then said, You broke your leg, not your glasses, Mr. Franklin. I said I needed someone to read aloud for me, not to me, retorted Mr. Franklin. Baffled, Mrs. Allen now left the conversation to the other two. She did, however, remain in the room as observer. Mr. Franklin had a book ready for the test. A book about worms, he said. Earthworms. It's not particularly a book for children, so you may find it difficult. Let's start on the first page, from the paragraph beginning, Earthworms Abound in England. But first I want you to read that paragraph over to yourself, inside your head, very carefully. No hurry. Make sure you understand it, or you won't be able to make a listener understand it. He hesitated. You know what abound means? Plenty of them, said Bat. Right. So read from Earthworms Abound. He handed the book over. To his surprise, the girl read aloud not too badly, stumbling only over an unfamiliar word and running out of breath on some of the longer sentences. Patiently, he corrected her pronunciation and pointed out that commas and full stops and colons and semicolons might give a chance to pause, even take a breath. And this time, he said, read the whole thing much more slowly so that any listener can follow the reasoning of it, and read more loudly, too. She began again more slowly, but he stopped her almost at once. More loudly, too, 
remember much more loudly, especially to begin with. Now Mrs. Allen protested again. Mr. Franklin, sir, next thing that girl would be shouting. You're not deaf, Mr. Franklin. I said that Bet would be reading aloud for me, not to me, he repeated. Mrs. Allen sighed softly. Bet read the whole long paragraph again and again, until Mr. Franklin was as near satisfied as he could hope to be. Now, he said, this is all I want you to do. Take the book, carefully mind, into the pasture. You know what I mean, the old meadow opposite? Bet nodded. There's a big log there on its side. You may have seen me sitting on it before I broke my leg, sitting there, reading. Bet nodded. Well, I want you to do the same. Sit there with a book, this book, and read aloud from it, just as you were doing now. Pay no attention to anybody or to anything that may happen. Just read. Bet asked, with the book in her hand, Now? Why not? Mr. Franklin said. Yes, now. Together, Mr. Franklin and Mrs. Allen watched Bet as she set off across the pasture, followed some ten paces behind by the white cat. Mr. Franklin clicked his tongue in annoyance. I should have told her, not the cat. What harm can that poor old moon do? Such had been the name given to her cat by the late Miss Franklin. Mr. Franklin did not answer. Meanwhile, crossing the meadow with nothing but the book...